Welcome to my hometown, filled with murder, mysteries, the paranormal, and a fair share of hauntings. This is Local Legends. Hi all, and welcome to the first episode of Local Legends with Lark Farley. I'm your host, Lark. A little bit about me, I grew up in a small town in Indiana called Brown County. Even though it's a small, quaint, tourist town, it has a rather interesting array of news. This podcast is about such news, ranging from Bigfoot sightings, haunted dolls, true crime, ghost stories, and everything else in between. Basically, how this podcast will work is every Sunday, I'll be sharing a news story, local opinion letter, folktale, etc., most of which are going to be sourced from the local newspaper, The Brown County Democrat and discussing it in detail with you all. And then, at the end of the podcast, I'll be opening it up for listener stories. You can send your own hometown stories, or if you just like to follow up with your own comments and opinions on the previous week's episode, you can send those emails to locallegendswithlark, L-A-R-K, at gmail.com, and I'll be sharing those with you all. As a quick side note, all of the articles I cite in the podcast will be linked in the description should you want to check them out for yourself. Alright, I think that's everything for now, so let's jump right into it. Today's story is one from the local opinion section of the newspaper. Now you might be asking yourself, Lark, what's the local opinion? What does that mean? Well, the Brown County Democrat has a section in the newspaper titled Local Opinion, and basically what that means is anyone who is a resident of Brown County, can email the newspaper their personal opinion about anything. It doesn't have to do with the newspaper or the articles that have been released or the news. It can be literally anything, and they do not moderate it or edit any of those letters that they receive. So as you might um, guess, some of those letters can be quite extreme and intense and problematic. However, there's also a few that, at least to me, I just found very fascinating and interesting. And I felt like this one in particular that I'm about to share with you would be a great way to set the tone and the mood for this podcast. So this letter that I'll be reading you today is titled, Molly's Revenge, A Cautionary Tale About a Doll. And immediately, I was hooked, right? That title in and of itself is intriguing and fascinating. Okay, so let's get into it. I will be reading um, the letter word for word, not changing anything, and then breaking it down afterwards with my personal opinion and theories. Okay, let's get started. A friend told me that she bought a stuffed doll at a house for $700. The doll was life-size, posed in a sitting position. Her legs were crossed under her and a cigarette in her hand. I thought that was a cute idea and decided to make one for myself and save the money. I purchased three yards of flesh-colored fabric, a false face, and a wig. I measured my own body, size 16, five foot tall, with ample bosoms. I cut the form and began my project. Sewing was the easy part. I have been doing that since I was a young girl. She, by this time, I had named her Molly, came together nicely. The next step was to stuff her and give her a face. I tried to make her face pretty and lifelike, but she came out scary. It was then that I realized I had picked out a man's false face. I rushed back to the shop and purchased a woman's face. After much work with makeup, she did not look scary, just startled. Leaving the face as it was, I began to dress Molly. It was then that I noticed that I had sewn her rear end to her front so that she had a big bump where her waist should have been. 
I ignored this and put slacks on her, a nice t-shirt, hose, and shoes on her feet. I covered her neck with a beautiful scarf to cover any stitching. I then stood back and declared her perfect. Molly was settled in a chair in my living room. When I would open the front door, she was the first thing people saw, and almost without exception, everyone would say hello to her. I never bothered to correct them unless they were invited in. Now Molly became a member of the household. Since I live alone, I often made comments to Molly, and she seemed to nod her head in agreement. My little dog did too. Molly sat in that chair for four years. My little dog found her lap a cozy place to take her naps. The time came when I had to move her to the guest room. In that room, she sat in her chair and seemed to be content. When my dog was allowed in the room, she sought out Molly's lap again. One day, I had to move Molly from the chair and put her on the guest bed. After two attempts to seat her on the bed, I thought I had her settled and turned away. Molly fell forward, hit me on the back, and knocked me to the floor. I was flat on my stomach, not hurt but helpless. Now that in itself would not be tragic, except I am a 94 years old, and I cannot get up from a prone position. I looked around for some way to get up and could not find one. I decided to just rest on the floor until my friend came back from walking the dog. When she returned, I called for her to step into the guest room. She was so shocked to see me on the floor. She rushed over to help and was not able to lift me up. Finally, she pushed a chair over, and by steadying the chair, I was able to get into my seat. There was much laughter and humiliation for me. I do have Life Alert. It is a fine service, and I have used it on two occasions. But I did not feel that I should call them since they would send four lovely young men out to find me unhurt. There was much laughter, and I was weak from the effort of pulling my dead weight into the chair. I was embarrassed beyond belief about the whole affair. Now here is the question. Should I get rid of Molly? Um, yes. Absolutely. Uh, Molly needs to go. Uh, Molly should have gone yesterday, in fact. Um, Molly should never have been created uh, or in your home. Uh, just throwing that out there. I have several questions for this um, writer of this local opinion letter. First off, are you safe? Uh, email me at locallegendswithlark at gmail.com because I am concerned for your safety, ma'am. Uh, I don't know what's going on. And this seems like a cry and a plea for help. If so, please reach out um, and we'll do what we can to get in between you and this doll who may or may not be possessed. Or, you know, because this creator created this doll from scratch, stitched it by hand, could there not have been some ceremony that took place? And now the doll and the woman are one and the same. I'm just throwing that out there. As a, po as a possibility. And another question I have is it's very clear to me that um, the woman who wrote this letter, her name is Dorothy, she is clearly embarrassed, right, by the whole affair. She's, she states that, in fact. And if that was the case, why would you write a letter to your local newspaper for everyone to read? Which begs the question, is the doll the writer of this letter? You know, it is a valid question. After reading this, knowing what we know, is Dorothy and Doll one and the same? There were just very many parts of the story that um, stood out to me, as I'm sure you may have guessed. The depictions of her posture, uh, the doll that, that her friend bought at a house sale. What does that mean? Is that like a, is that like one of those affairs, like affairs you go to where, you know, your great-great-grandmother died, she was rich, and so then they sell off her belongings, a estate sale, right? Is, is that 
an estate sale? Is an estate sale a house sale? Or did she mean like a garage sale? Because those are very different things. A, a estate sale is very different than a garage sale. What is a house sale? What does that mean? What, what is that? If you know, feel free to email. Uh, but the fact that they went to some form of sale and this doll that inspired this woman to make her doll, why was it $700? Why would you, of your own accord, spend $700 on a doll that you may have purchased from a garage sale? Now, I've been to a lot of garage sales in my life, and I have never seen anything priced more than like, what, five, ten dollars? Twenty tops. And anytime anything is more than ten dollars at a garage sale, everyone haggles, and you walk away for it for like 50% off, right, of the price that was on the sticker. Seven hundred dollars for a doll? I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then the fact that, so she, she decides she wants to make and craft her own doll. You know, no judgment. You get it, girl. Work. Um, just, just the depiction of flesh-colored fabric didn't sit well with me. As, what is a false face? I, I, I don't know what that is. And I don't probably want to know what that is. If you know what it is or can't find pictures of a false face, I guess you can email them to me, although it would probably give me nightmares just a false face just you go to a store and you purchase a false face it's horrific and then that she based this doll after herself her she made the doll her own size her own height I loved the depiction of ample bosoms that was a nice note um it's just I have so many questions and then so she she creates this doll who's super lifelike, and she came out scary, which, yes, that's typically how that works, right? You, you craft a doll. Dolls, at least to me, are horrific. Uh, the, the entities of nightmares. And I don't understand how she could not be scary. She is a doll that you have crafted after yourself. That is just a no-go. And then, not only that, she gave this doll a man's false face. And I just... I don't, I don't get it. And not only that, so she gave this poor doll a man's face. Not only that, she then went on to show, to say and show that she put her front, I assume her, okay, wait, hold on, I'm reading this again. So she sewed the doll's butt to the front of the doll. And so she had this like weird, disgusting bump lump where her waist should have been. If I was that doll, I would haunt this woman as well, to be honest. That is so scary. And just, I would give this woman nightmares. She put my butt on my front. And then the way that this woman says the doll nods and like seemingly communicates with her, but then becomes violent and knocks this poor woman over. I just have so many questions for this woman. Uh, Dorothy, if you're out there and by some weird happenstance are listening to this podcast, I would love some answers to my questions. And I hope that you are okay and that you're doing much better now. And that Molly has been burned and is no longer in your presence or in your home.
If she has not been burned, I would highly recommend having a nice little uh, party once we can do that safely, socially distanced, and set her ablaze with witnesses to that fact. That way, if she does come back and just her singed doll corpse is sitting on your porch, you and your friends can then handle that matter. Well, that's all I have for you for this first episode. I hope that you are all doing well and that this provided some entertainment for you. Uh, Next week, we're going in a totally different direction. We will be talking and discussing cow murder, which is never a sentence I ever thought I would say, yet here we are. Uh, So check in next Sunday, and we will be discussing that in more detail and going over that news with all of you all.